It's the 12th of July, 2021. And if this was uh, during the Buddha's life, and the year of his awakening, um, he would still be enjoying the bliss of liberation in the seventh week after he awakens to the Dhamma. And then on the 14th, he would be uh, walking, starting his journey to the city of Varanasi in order to teach the five ascetics. So during this period of enjoying this bliss of liberation, this uh, vimuti sukha, it's the joy, the happiness that comes from freedom. And the Buddha awakened, he gained this freedom on the day of Visakha, on the 15th day of the sixth lunar month. And after attaining to the Dhamma, he experienced this very subtle, very refined joy. And so for us, we have known different kinds of happiness um, ever since we were born as children. And we get the happiness of children, that of eating food, of getting rest. And then when the baby, they are tired, then they cry. They want to go to sleep. If they're hungry, then they cry. And uh, babies often have to sleep a lot because their bodies are still developing, producing lots of cells, their bodies growing. So they need a lot of rest for that to happen. And we also get happiness from gaining the things that we like, whatever it is that our hearts desire, that if we gain that, then there's a happiness that comes with that. And this happiness of having pleasant touches, pleasant tactile sensations, seeing pleasant sights, listening to beautiful sounds, eating delicious food, getting those flavors and smelling nice odors. These all give us happiness. But this is a common kind of happiness. And also if we succeed at something, then we gain a happiness from that. Maybe people work a lot and they get very stressed from their occupations. So they need to find some other forms of happiness um, that they gain from resting, from relaxing. So for all of us, we know these kinds of happiness already. But the happiness that comes from samadhi, from the mind that's firmly established and collected together, perhaps we've never experienced this before, perhaps we don't know this, the kind of joy, the fullness of heart that comes up. And maybe we know this joy from developing goodness. We've done this before. And perhaps some of us know this kind of happiness and joy from samadhi as well. Perhaps we've experienced this to some degree. Uh, The joy, the rapture that can arise. Maybe we've gained this, but it's usually quite a rare occurrence. And for myself, when I was a child, I can remember there were two occasions when I experienced this. On the Lunar Observance Day, uh, we'd go to the the Dharma Hall and listen to the chanting there and chant as well. 
And the school that I went to was a part of a monastery. So we would take the chairs from the kind of school area into the Dhamma hall. And then we chant and chant in Salapanya, uh, the kind of melodious um, Thai chanting. And when this happened, then I felt this joy and the hair on my body, it stood on end. As we carried on chanting, and this happened, this joy occurred, and then tears started flowing down my cheeks. And there was a great sense of fullness in my heart. And I asked my friends whether they had these experiences as well, and they said that they didn't. And I didn't really know what was going on. It was just this inner sense of, of fullness, of contentment, and uh, tears were flowing. But it's also normal that the mind changes, and uh, the chanting didn't go on for so long. And then the mind uh, changed back to its kind of normal state. And also, I didn't really know what was going on, and I also didn't know anything about the methods of practice as well, know about meditation. But when we would chant, then it would be like this. You get this kind of happiness, but I didn't really know what was happening. And also, sometimes I'd read about the Buddha, about the great sacrifices that he had made, that in a previous life as the Bodhisattva, uh, Vesandara, just how much he gave up. And he even had to sacrifice his children. And when the person that the Buddha was giving his children away to came, the Brahman, the children ran away. And they went, they walked backwards into a pond and hid in the pond. But the Bodhisattva, he went and he told them that, that it's like uh, a fish that's uh, going into the fish's trap. And uh, the, kind of like he, he needs to, to catch this fish. And in the same way, he needs to sacrifice his children in order to be able to develop the Bharami to become a fully self-awakened Buddha. And if he didn't make this kind of sacrifice, then he wouldn't be able to attain to that. So upon hearing this, uh, his children came out by themselves. So when I read this, then there was a great sense of joy, happiness um, that came up. So we all know what happiness is like to some degree gaining things in this world, getting wealth, getting praise, getting status, getting pleasure. And these are the worldly dhammas that give us happiness. But for those people who have wisdom, they'll know how to use these things of the world in a way that gives rise to benefit, that helps others. So if they gain wealth, for example, they know how to use that wealth, how to give that away in order to be of aid, assist those who are going through hard times, who are going through hardship. And we see that in this present time, when this COVID virus has spread around, there are many people who are going through difficulty. And so we can give in order to help those people out. 
So when we gain happiness, then there's that desire for other people to be happy as well. When we gain wealth, then we want for other people to have wealth, to have things as well, for them to be freed from suffering. So upon gaining these things, we use them in a way that gives rise to benefit. When we gain wealth, we gain status, we gain praise, we gain pleasure. And then we can use these things well. Because all people want to be happy, and there's no one who wants to suffer. So when we gain happiness, we can use that and allow for other people to be happy as well. So we also must come to train our minds. And if we leave our minds in an untrained state, then even though they'll experience happiness, this happiness becomes the cause for suffering to arise. And so the Buddha, he saw this dukkha, the suffering or stress. This is something that he really focused on, he paid attention to. And he also discovered this path to attain awakening by himself. So for us, we come to chant. And this practice of chanting, it's a very easy and good method to bring about inner happiness and joy, recollecting the Buddha, the Dhamma, the Sangha. And perhaps sometimes there'll be inimita, this image which can kind of stick in our mind's eye. We may look at a Buddha image, the golden Buddha image, and this may um, stay with us, this image may stay within our minds. Or perhaps it may be a crystal image that comes up. And we can use this as a meditation object, whether we're standing, walking, sitting, lying down, whether we're speaking or listening or thinking. We can recollect this image and use that as an object for our minds to focus upon. Or we can repeat the word sangha, sangha, recollecting the sangha. And uh, training ourselves in this way. Recollecting how the sangha, the members of the noble sangha, are those who have practiced well those who have practiced directly, and those who practice for the sake of ending suffering, and those who have practiced appropriately. And how is it appropriate, or they're in this appropriate state, to receive hospitality, to receive gifts and offerings? And these are the people who we should receive as best we can. We should be hospitable to them, to our utmost efforts. And why is that? It's because they've trained their minds following the teachings of the Buddha. And they've seen the Dhamma already, they've attained to the Dhamma. So in the beginning, these are Sotapanas, these stream entrants, and then Sakatagamis, once-returners, Anagamis, non-returners, and Arahants. And through these stages, then, the mind experiences happiness in increasing stages as well. So we all know the happiness of a putujana, of one thick with defilements, gaining happiness through experiencing forms that we like, sounds and odors and tastes and tactile sensations that we like. And this is a very common, normal form of happiness. That we live and have a family, 
But the happiness that we can gain, which is higher than this, is the happiness of developing goodness, of cultivating goodness, of being generous. And then higher than this is keeping the sila, keeping precepts consistently. And this can fill up our minds, our hearts, with happiness. But if we're going to really develop our minds to be higher than this, then what they need is wisdom. In order for wisdom to arise, we need samadhi, the mind needs to be firm. In order to gain this firmness, then we need to keep our precepts and be virtuous. So therefore we must train these minds. We must develop mindfulness, samadhi and wisdom and bring these about following the teachings of the Buddha. Perhaps we already know something, have had some small experiences of the happiness of emptiness and what that is like. And this may have just been a temporary experience. We train and meditate and our minds gather together into samadhi and they experience a form of emptiness. And then we know for ourselves that, ah, this is happiness, a kind of happiness that I've never experienced before. And there's a coolness which imbues the heart, and the mind becomes empty, and it's um, a very joyful and happy and good state. And so we must train ourselves during these times that we come to meditate, to put things down. And we try to practice in this way and do it more and more frequently. To bring up an inner place of coolness. It's also useful to have an external place as well. So maybe we've got a room set aside in our house with the Buddha Rupa in it and a place that we chant and meditate. And before we go into this room, we should train ourselves to put everything else down, to leave all of the other moods, all the other sense impressions that we've experienced through the day down, all the things of the past We put these aside, we leave them at the door. The things about the future, we leave these outside the door as well, we don't think about them. And we train our minds to be in the present moment. And if we really sincerely do this, train our minds in this way, then this will become a habit to put these sense impressions and moods down. Whatever the case, we need to meditate, to sit in samadhi. And maybe our mind may be thinking and going off here and there, here and there. But we try to bring it to an object of focus. Initially, we spread metta, this loving kindness, and wishing, may I be well and happy, may all beings be well and happy, and may we not harm each other. May there be no ill will. And if there is any of these feelings, then we just leave them aside. Because we see that all jittas, all knowing elements, they desire happiness. They all want to be freed from suffering. So why harm anyone? Why harm any being? What would the purpose of that be? So Sotapanna's are those who have known this happiness of awakening, and they know that for themselves. 
and when we gain this wisdom, then a clear understanding arises. And seeing that the things that we attach to as being happiness, they really do give us a kind of happiness. But we also see that they become a cause for suffering as well. And even if we get the things that we desire, for instance, we may get a good job, a job that we really like, but there's fear that comes up alongside that, fear of being fired from that job. Or we gain this body, but there's also fear that comes with gaining a body, fear of old age and fear of sickness, and we have to be very cautious. And this is hard for us in this present day and age, isn't it? We can't afford to not be cautious, but when we are cautious, then it's a cause of stress for us, it makes us stressed. So what we need to do is we need to see these things as being normal, and that's what it really needs to come down to. In the end, we have to view all these things as just being normal. And that's how we think about it, that all kinds of sickness, no matter what it is, no matter what ailment, no matter what illness, they're all just normal that when we've been born, then old age, sickness and death come to us as normal things. And when we live these lives being social creatures, we have to stay together. And so these viruses, they can come up and spread around. We just tell ourselves this is something normal, it's normal, it's perfectly normal. And we've been born into this world. And this is a world which is unstable, a world which is unsure. And uh, we should think that there are more and more people um, arising in this world, so it's natural for these illnesses to come up. So we see that we want to be freed from the suffering, but at the same time, these sicknesses, they come up following their own causes and conditions. So we contemplate it as just being something normal, that when we've been born, these things are perfectly normal. They're not strange, they're not um, abnormal in any way. But at the same time, we need to be cautious, we need to protect ourselves as best as we can. And then we come to train these minds. So we train them a lot so that they can reach peace. And as we do this, they'll be able to pass over and pass through these feelings of fear and arrive at the other side um, where there's joy and happiness, a sense of fullness of heart. And so we train ourselves in samadhi in this way. And some practitioners, they sit in meditation for nine hours a day, some for ten hours a day. There are those who can do this. And so we should sincerely put our effort into this, and we too will be able to do it. But it depends upon our sincerity, it depends upon our determination. So during this rains retreat, all the monks here should sit in meditation for at least five hours a day. And there are some lay people who are able to sit for ten hours, and just in the space of one day they can do that. So for us we should be able to sit consistently every day for five hours a day. We just carry on training like this until the mind reaches peace. As we sit, we just endure and carry on sitting, and eventually the mind will gather into peace. 
experience the stillness, the mind will come together into samadhi and feel the joy of that. And when the mind really comes together, and in that state we can see the state of the Dhamma. And there's this great joy, this great happiness that arises at this time, something that we've never experienced before. And the mind can really reach some amazing states. So if we really persist at this, then we can gain this. From that state, we can see how the normal forms of happiness that we experience, these can become a cause for suffering to arise in the future. And we see that it's inappropriate for us to attach to any of them, because they're all inconstant, they're all unstable, they all change. But we also perceive that when the mind lets go, then experiences great joy, and how these two things are opposed to each other, they go in kind of opposite directions, this attachment and letting go. And so we should train the mind well, and really be sincere in this together. We see how the present king of Thailand, King Vajira Longkorn, he is good at meditation. He can sit in meditation for long periods, and he knows the methods of training in samadhi. Previously, he had Lompodu as his ajahn, as his teacher, and his samadhi is very good, and he sits in meditation every day. So for us, whether monastics or laity, we should set our hearts on this as well, to really practice, especially if we have the time. And the more free time we have, the more meditation we should do. And meditation monks, we need to have meditation objects. And it's the same for meditation lay people. You need to have your meditation objects with you as well. Be training the mind so it can reach these states of happiness and joy. And when these arise a lot, then the mind fills up with them, and it can gather together into one point, gather together into samadhi and gain the power of samadhi. And then we contemplate at this point, contemplating the things that we attach to, the things that we think give us real happiness. All of the forms, the sounds, the odors, the taste, the tactile sensations in this world. And then we contemplate in a way that allows us to abandon our attachments to these things so that the inner purity of heart can arise and it becomes radiant incrementally. And in the end we'll be able to understand, we'll gain clear insight. And so the happiness, the joy that the fully self-awakened Buddha experienced was very subtle and a joy which no one else had experienced that he could sit there for 49 days without eating. And really what he was consuming was this joy of the Dhamma, that his heart was filled up with the joy of awakening. And the power of his samadhi was also incomparable as well. And he had the mindfulness and wisdom that was so sharp that was able to completely and finally destroy all of the defilements. So for us, we should set our hearts on finding this inner happiness, happiness of heart, on finding a home for our hearts. And we really need to seek these out until we come across them.
And as we carry on doing this, seeking this out, then we'll come to see the Dhamma and we'll meet with this genuine happiness, genuine happiness of heart. And this really is the most important thing. You see that when we've been born into the world, then we meet with these worldly winds, with gain and loss, with praise and blame, with status and loss of status, with pleasure and pain. And we should contemplate these things. And when we gain them, and we contemplate in a way that allows us to use them so that they are of benefit, they give benefit to others, they give benefit to society. So may all of you set your hearts on this.